Welcome to Hot and Educated. We are your hosts, Allie and Sarah. Cheers. Cheers. We have this really fun mojito drink today. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Taste test for you guys. It's amazing. It's actually really good. It's called L-I-Q. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a mojito wine, yeah. which at first I was like, eh, I don't know, it's yeah. probably going to taste shitty, but it actually tastes really good. It's amazing. Very refreshing. Um, it's mint. It's actually minty. Minty. And it's a wine. So don't yeah. know how that works, but it's amazing. So mm-hmm. go check it out in your liquor store near you. <laughs> because I'm always frustrated when I go to a restaurant and the mojitos aren't minty enough. It doesn't have that fresh mint taste. Yeah. yeah. And this actually has the fresh mint taste. So. Yep. It's bomb. I'm enjoying it. It's amazing. So we're going to talk about a few things. We are. We're going to start off with some pop culture. That's going on right now. It's going on right now. So first off, the Barbie movie. Yeah. Like, we are so Barbie. We're so Barbie. Look at this. Uh, We should definitely be sponsored by Barbie. Yeah. Please. We want to meet Margot Robbie so badly. Yeah, I would love to meet her. I would love to meet her. I really would. She's just so... Ugh, amazing. She seems really cool. She's so Barbie. She is so Barbie. She was the perfect lead. Perfect for that role. Uh, yeah. I can't think of anyone else in Hollywood to play Barbie besides Mar- Margot Robbie. Robbie? Yeah, Barbie? Honestly. Does that rhyme? No. All right. Elton John, babe. He's I finishing know. his final tour. Like, what? And I've never seen him perform. Yeah. Me neither. But Which, sad about, but. I watched a few documentaries about him and that big movie that came out mm, like three years ago about him. It was amazing. Mm. How was that movie? I haven't even seen that. It was great. It was a great movie. It kind of went back and like talked about his life and his family and they were very um, interesting people and just Mm. his upbringing being from the UK and everything like that. He's definitely a very, um, he's an icon. I mean, he is an icon. He's a fashion icon. Mm-hmm. He's a gay icon. He's just amazing. And it's very sad to see him retire. But I mean, come on. Don't let the sun <laughs> sing it, babe. Go down on me. Ooh, ooh. I know I'll stop from <laughs> Anyways, moving on next. Weekend. So uh, Black Mirror season six finally came out. Salma Hayek. She... I've loved her for a very long time, even though oh, I can't say her name. My gosh. But in the Quentin Tarantino movie. So sexy. She's so sexy. I was just I was just watching on Velvet uh Coke. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yep. Videos of her. Yeah. Just walking around in a bikini. And I was like, I know. She's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. She's really aged like gracefully. It's like I just like, like stuck in time. Wine. Like fine wine. <laughs> Not even. It's just stuck in time, stuck in her 20s. Like, what? She's just so cute. Like, so hot. Girl crush of the week. So in this Black Mirror episode, I don't know if y'all have watched it or not, but it has a lot to do with like deep fakes and also reading what you agree to when you sign up for a new social media platform. So obviously, like no one reads that. And if you do. Read carefully. (laughs) Yeah. Read carefully. And also like kudos to you because i don't have time to sit there and read 10 pages of that shit anyway i'm signing up yeah i'm just like except but the episode was about that and it was about 
using people's lives as a a form of content Mm -hmm. for a streaming platform. Yeah. And they wanted to make it like very relatable and they wanted to face it more in like a negative narrative. So it Mm -hmm. wasn't like because it was more dramatic that way. Yeah. It's called. Streamberry. Something is awful. Oh, Joan is awful. Joan is awful. So like Allie is awful. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be Ali is amazing. It's Ali is awful. And they wanted to make it in this very like negative connotation and mm-hmm. very interesting because I feel like that's really relevant in today's society. People love yeah. to talk about negative things. There's like mm-hmm. nothing positive being talked about on anything. Anyways. Grimace shake. What is it? Like what is the Grimace so shake? So Grimace, found this out the other day, was, you know how McDonald's has Ronald McDonald mm-hmm. and then they have like other characters in the McDonald's whatever franchise. Grimace was a character, and apparently he had, like, six arms, and he was Hmm. creepy. So they totally recalled him as a character and rebranded him to be, like, Grimace with two arms and not that scary. Like, he would be really scary. So isn't that weird? But what what character on what? Uh, Just in McDonald's. Oh. He's a McDonald's character. I thought it had something to do with, like... I thought it had to do with, like, box trolls at first. Which is so unrelated, but I have you ever seen that movie? Box Troll. I don't think so. It's very good. It's very good. It's so cute. No, but all the TikToks, all the Grimace TikToks where people are like, it's gross to me. I'm like, where, but where is it coming from? I get really grossed out. Where did that, I just want to know where that trend originated. Well, okay, so here's the thing. If Grimace, like, he would eat all your food, that was, like, his character. Oh, And so I'm guessing that if you would have some of his food, you would, like, get into trouble and, like, die. Oh, I didn't know that. That's why people were so scared of him, if you didn't know. Like the Cookie Monster. Yep, just like the Cookie Monster. Okay, I guess that makes more sense. But he was, like, really scary. I've seen some pretty outrageous, and I might even put some in here, TikToks about the Grimace Like, thing. people in bathtubs with it all over themselves. Like, ruining their house. They've got it, like, what all is, over the walls. I'm like, what does it taste like? It's purple. It doesn't, ta- it doesn't look like it tastes good. No, let's look at what it tastes like. Ew. What does it taste like? Uh, Don't tell me it's, like, a berry... Tasters online have described the flavor as a mix of berries with a hint of birthday cake. That's freaking gross, dude. That is not fresh berry. So it's like artificial berry. Ew. It's like some syrup that they just... God. Nasty. They're going to add us and be like, that's two girls. (laughs) No, make it like that. Two (laughs) girls deface. (laughs) Deface the Grimace shake. We don't like it. Don't drink it. Hot and educated girls don't drink Grimace shakes. Facts. They drink mojito (laughs) wine. Cheers. Let's take a big sip this time. Anyways, yeah, we have our little crackers and our honey and our cheese. That's called true friendship. Not the tongue I went. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's our favorite thing to do right now. Mm. We should (laughs) turn our mics on. That's it for pop culture. Um... I did a horrible job at pop <laughs> facts about Grimace. I'm like going into detail. You're like it was this character was six. It was, the, it was the year 1864. Grimace ventured from the sewers of England with his purple berry mix and disgusting. Ate the McDonald's forbidden chicken. McDonald's is gonna fucking hate us. What's our next topic? Well, uh, it's us actually. 
Oh, yeah. All right, Miss Allie. So we are both on a journey, and that journey is law school. We know what you're thinking. How can these two bitches (laughs) go to law school? Well, we'll tell you why. Because we're really fucking smart, actually. Yep. And I don't think a lot of people know that. We're dumb as a fox, if you know that um, reference. Smart as a fox. Smart as a fox. Is it dumb as a fox? I think... My mom always says that. Shout out, mother. Mother. <laughs> Mama. Mother. Mama. Mama. Yeah, so we're both yeah. going to freaking law school, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I will say, though, I'm not straight smart. Um, I disagree with that. Really? I think that we're both really smart. I feel like I definitely possess a lot of street smart because of mm-hmm. the people that I've interacted with over 100%. the past couple of years. And I feel like Dan, my fiance, has also made me very, like aware of other people and other people's actions and stuff like that and <clears throat> i feel like that definitely helps you be more street smart i i think that there's a lot of things which i kind of want to go into mm-hmm. taking um like a rejection in a positive way oh i could talk about that all day long because i feel like in society especially men mm-hmm. um <laughs> like man hater um, well, people take rejection as this huge negative thing. thing. It's actually a really good thing. And I feel mm-hmm. like when someone rejects you, mm-hmm. you should take it in a positive manner because they feel comfortable even rejecting you. Right. Someone could totally just be like, oh, yeah, like, I really, I really agree with you or I really mm-hmm. want to do that. And then comes the time and they just like ghost you. Exactly. That means what would you rather if learn someone, from that? If someone rejects you, tells you you're wrong, calls you out. At least they have the balls to do so because there are a lot of people in this world that will never say anything to you. Zero cojones. They'll never say anything to you. So take the criticism, take the rejection, even though you can be upset, you can be hurt, you can be, you can feel the emotions, but don't sit there and fester and make it something it's not. Like, come on. I feel like we're both really book smart. That is one thing that you and I both really are. I do think yeah. you have some level of street smart. Thank you just don't see it. And I feel like everyone who's street smart doesn't see that they're street smart mm. unless they're really cocky. So, yeah, law school. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, yeah. So let's get into it. Well, first off, I want to say this before we move on about the rejection thing. I read. I can't remember which book it was, but it might, it might have been Tony Robbins. I don't know. I heard this one day or read it and it changed my life forever. The quote was fail faster. The faster you fail, the faster you learn, the faster you grow, and the faster you accomplish things. And that's something I've really taken to heart, especially the past couple years of my life. I've taken a lot of chances. I've taken a lot of risks and I've failed. But I will say I learned so fucking much out of those experiences. I came out of One of the biggest failures that I had, I came out of it so strong and a completely different person. Yep. Completely different person. So fail fast. Don't be afraid to fail. I think you remember, (laughs) Allie actually came to this with me. I got to present at a research conference Mm -hmm. at an honors college in Atlanta. And that was a win in itself. I got accepted Mm -hmm. into the program, but I didn't end up actually winning the contest. Right. Which like really upset me because the topic that I was talking about was really. I thought she should have won 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, me too. But maybe I'm biased. But I thought what she had to say at that conference was way more important than anything anyone else had said there because everyone was talking about science. And that's great. You know, we can yeah. do math equations all day. But what you were talking about was something that was really real 
and moving. Mm-hmm. And like Tony Robbins says, like you can you can make up equations all day long. Yeah. You can figure out the formula to success. You can figure out the formula to fitness, but you can't figure out the formula to fulfillment. Yep. It was the kind of presentation where you would you walk out crying. You like I was I was nervous that I was going to cry. Yeah. And I didn't. And I was really proud of myself for that because I wanted to keep my composure and I wanted to talk about something that meant a lot to me. So anyways, that kind of goes on into the three things that we've learned becoming adults. Yeah. Taking rejection in a positive way. It does get easier over time being rejected over and over again. It does get easier, but it still stings. Sometimes it still hurts, but you have to take it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing else you can do. What are you going to do? Yeah. Because well, all your life because someone said, I don't like you or no, there's billions of people in the world who gives a shit. If you do need to improve. You do need to learn. I've been in that situation. I need to learn more. I need to round out my skill set, whatever it is. Yeah. And that that person will look at you one day and be like, I should have maybe supported them a little more or even they'll be like in them a little more they'll be like wow like they didn't just give up because i feel like it's so easy here's the thing it's so easy to give something up but it's very hard to start something Mm -hmm. because when you start something you have to execute it but you can just give up i don't want to do that anymore that's fine i don't want to do that that's the most easiest decision that anyone can make i've given up hundreds of things yeah i've been like eh, whatever the hardest thing to do is to start. Yeah, is That's to start. the hardest thing. An object that is in motion stays in motion. So what else would you say is something that we've kind of learned? Everything is not as serious as it seems. Because... Wizards of Waverly Place reference? Is that, is that part of the Not as it seems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything that I thought was intimidating, it's not. It's not. Mm-mm. And you know what's so funny? Going kind of back to law school, I work for an attorney and he's absolutely incredible, has already given me like really great mentorship advice. And he was telling me the other day, he said, I feel like law school wasn't as hard as undergrad. Really? He was like, I just like want to give you good advice. And I just feel like and he's a smart guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he's very smart, obviously. And I thought that was really interesting that he said that because it kind of was relevant to like everything else that I've done. Mm-hmm. and I've feel like it's just not as hard like when you're in high school teachers tell you college is really hard oh yeah it's really hard you're you can't you can't act like this in college Mm -hmm. I was such a slacker in college and got way better grades than I did in high school way better grades I had a different experience (laughs) well that was a different experience though you know with that being said like I feel like even big life events Mm -hmm. it's just not as deep it's not that hard girl i will say this guys when i experienced in my adult life the first significant death hit me super hard Mm -hmm. but i would say a year after two years after i honestly i came to peace with death for like i always thought it was such a scary thing But I really sat and thought about it and I did some therapy and I talked about it. And I I mean, before that experience, I would have been fucking terrified. This is rule number three, because I've talked about this with multiple people, not just Mm -hmm. you. I've talked about this with very close friends who are very scared of death. Mm -hmm. And I used to be really scared of death. Same. When you go through a really big death. So like 
one of my best friends died last year. And it was very, very traumatic. It was a horrible experience. I mean, not as bad as I feel like other people's experiences. Like I, we had a great friendship. We had a great friendship before she passed away. We were just very, very close. So I never felt like really bad about myself after she passed mm-hmm. away because you you go through like, I should have done this more. I should have talked to them more. I should have this. I should have whatever it is. Which yeah. I did go through a little bit. It wasn't like a death that was uh, self-inflicted. It was a different kind of death. And so it was very like definitely really hard for me to go through. But after that, I was like, I get it. I know what my parents are talking about. I know what my peers are talking about who have who are older, who have gone through death. It's not that big of a deal. It's a big deal when you're grieving over somebody. Mm -hmm. Like if you or I, God forbid, passed away. Oh my God. It would be be horrible. But we still know that we're comfortable with death. It's okay. It's okay. That's the point. Like it's okay. Cheers never to death. Death becomes her. I didn't know it was like emo and educated. <laughs> emo and educated. Mm-hmm. Rock so on. Uh, rock on, Courtney. Courtney and Travis. I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm pregnant. I'm Trav. So anyways, yeah, death is not as bad as it seems. And <laughs> we, we haven't died, so we actually don't know. So we actually don't know what it's like up there or down there. Oh, no. Or whoever knows where it's at. But um all i can say is i've come i've i've witnessed and experienced a lot of death in the past two years a lot a lot i had times you were really depressed i was extremely depressed i don't think that you or i even really realized it either even when now i do yeah now i do and i'm still honestly i'm still getting out of it yep um i would be sitting at my desk at this law firm i was working at and thank god i was front of the office my desk was at the front, so no one could see me. But I would sit there and I would be doing shit on my computer, literally bawling my eyes out with a straight face. I've never done that in my life. That's called powering through it. So this time last year is kind of when I was going through the major parts of grief because mm-hmm. my friend died in April. And so when she passed away, I was still in college. I was an undergrad finishing up and my like exam so I like could not take a second to breathe yeah and during that time we were also like planning you know funeral arrangements Mm -hmm. and this and that and outfits and just everything um and it was really really hard and I didn't realize how hard it was until that summer Mm -hmm. and then that summer I think in August is when I was like ooh, I need therapy yeah and I went to therapy for the first time I was a one and done case see my now I know this is my thing, but my thing is isolation. Uh, me too. I run the fuck away. I go to another I state. Hide. I see. I don't have to move to another state. I like just totally. I'm like, <laughs> sorry guys, <laughs> I'm just not here. I'm unavailable for Un- unless it was someone who I was like, like Allie, sister, close with type of style. It was no. Like, I just couldn't like I just couldn't during that time. And I had realized why therapy will make you realize kind of why you do the things that you do. 100%. I recommend therapy for everyone. Everyone needs therapy. Everyone. It makes you look inwards. A lot of people can't do that, but it forces you to. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of see this hard truth. And so I went to a trauma therapist and she kind of told me um, like my tactics and what I do. And she kind of told me Mm -hmm. you 
um, you gave too much during mm-hmm. that time of yourself to other people. So to family members of her and to peers of her, I was just mm-hmm. giving so much of myself away. You weren't giving any to you. And I wasn't yeah. focusing on myself and kind of realizing what had just happened because I couldn't digest it and I didn't want to and I didn't want to come to reality. And it was a very weird time. And I definitely processed death, I feel like, a little bit differently than everyone. Like, I was very mute to it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of all... Like, sh- in shock. Yeah. I-, I was in shock for a very long time. Same. Let's just... Even, like, to this day, I'm still mm-hmm. kind of like, wow, it's so weird. <laughs> Did that happen? Yeah. It almost feels like it's not... It's like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. Like- and it just feels so... It feels like it was yesterday. Yeah. Because I remember her calling me like, both no times. no way. It's been a year. Yeah. There's no way. And those phone calls, too, that you get from your friends when you when someone is done. I the called, amount of times yeah. me and Sarah have called each other For bawling death. our eyes out uncontrollably, like, having a complete breakdown. So, like toddler style. We can't even imitate it. It's so bad. It's, it's bad. But you need someone like need that. Someone like that. Girl, I love you so much. I love you, too. Because <laughs> friend moment. I love my dad. I love my family. I love my fiance. I love my my sister. I yeah. love everyone. But man, you just need, you need that friend, a best friend. Like they just get you so much that yeah. they're like, oh, shit. Best friends uh, like yeah. us. Yeah. You know each other like down to the core. There's nothing that you like don't know about each other ever. Mm-hmm. But there's things my dad doesn't know about me. There's things that my brother doesn't know about me. But your best friend knows everything. Knows everything. And you need that person so you can confide in them. You can call them. You can be your 100% genuine self. Yep, exactly. I think that when you meet that person, you know. You know immediately. We were just fortunate enough yeah. to have met each other At very such a young on. age. We met yeah. each other when we were 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, And if you haven't found that person for you, I mean, what would you recommend? Don't force it. Because there's been a lot of friends for me that I have felt like, oh, I really, really love them. They're like a brother. They're like a sister. Mm. And then I'm like, ooh, they're not. <laughs> yeah. Know? And I know that sounds kind of callous, but it's really true. You have to, it has to develop naturally. Yeah, you can't force it. Like I've tried to let other people in, and it's been very difficult for me. I'm the kind of person who I'm very private. I don't let really anyone in. Allie can pretty much attest to that. You are very talented in making friends and actually getting people to open up to you. Yes. People you are, have, yeah. I don't know how you do it. It's just Me something neither. about your aura. It's something about the way that you communicate with people. I think you come across really non-judgmental. <laughs> very alien-esque. And so, I, you know, I feel like you can't be super judgmental and you can't be that kind of person that's you know, very secretive, like that sort of thing. Yeah, you because people, have to be open. Yeah, because when someone confides in you, they're expecting you to confide in them. And that can be a hard thing to do. Like for me, that's been an issue for me, for sure, with other people. Like I don't think mm-hmm. that I'll be super, super close with another human being for a very long time. And that just goes because I have a very close friend. Find You'll find your best friend if you don't already have one. And if you do, congratulations. Yeah. So let's go to some book recommendations. Oh, yeah. We have a couple book recommendations for you guys. Um, Mine's a self-help. Is yours a self-help? No. Okay. Mine is. (laughs) It's called The Compound Effect. And this book, like many other things in my life, changed my life dramatically. Whether it's your health, whether it's your financial position, whether it's your career, whether it's a goal that you have, The Compound Effect 
basically spells out how everything adds up. And that's why it's called like the com- the compound effect. Everything is compounding. Every decision that you make, every action that you take, um, every step forward or every step backward, all of that ends up compounding on top of each other. And I took a lot out of that book. I mean, I became a different person after I read that book. Something just clicked for me. So I would definitely recommend The Compound Effect. I have three. <laughs> you have three? I have three books. Two kind of fall into the same category. So the first one kind of relates to Allie's. It's a self-help book, The Body Keeps Score. Oh my God. I- Great book. So good. You should you should save the two for other episodes. Yeah. Okay. The, the other two are really good. Oh, The Body Heat Score is a book written by Bessel van der Kolk. And he's so intelligent. Very he's smart amazing. Guy. Like you should look up some of his speeches on YouTube. It's He's really amazing. Very good. And so it's kind of about like the brain, the mind, the body and like how trauma develops originally. And so he talks about he has this theory about how trauma talks, how trauma begins from being in your mother's womb. It is a great book. And I've seen more women start to read it. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen on some people's stories, like on Instagram, a girl that I follow uh, just started reading it. And I swiped up and I said, oh, my God, I'm so happy that you're reading this book. It changed my life because I feel like the body, the way that it stores trauma that this is one of the main reasons why I went to a trauma therapist, by the way, um, who also just so happened to be a Reiki master, really, really helped me understand my body and why I am the way that I am and why you work the way that you work, why you might have anxiety or depression. What triggers you? So like a big thing for me is confrontation. So I look at confrontation in a really negative way. And that just stems from other things in my life. But I kind of realized like, oh, this book really helped me realize why I'm like that. It goes from womb all the way through childhood into adulthood. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a series of things that compound on each other. Yep. Which actually the compound effect that book would correlates will correlate heavily with it. Yeah. And it yeah. talks about especially like mothers who were abused during their pregnancy and where those babies are now. I actually know two people in my life who were adopted by a woman and their mother was like addicted to drugs and they have just they learn differently. They were treated differently. They think differently. And it's very interesting to see like how that happens and how that trauma is stored in your body. Your body creates habits over time, just mm-hmm. like you do. Yeah. Your body adapts to its environment. And if your environment is stressful and traumatic, your body is going to adapt to that. And once you're out of that environment, your body yep. is still accustomed to reacting the way that it did when it was in that traumatic environment. Exactly. So it's very interesting. So read it. It's a great book. An impeccable recommendation. Yeah. So is yours. Anyways, that is the end of our episode, guys. We will see you next time on Hot and Educated. Bye.